You are listening to the Growing Up Rock podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. To get us started, we will now go to Poetry with Hollywood. Lightning from above, followed by hail. Death from above, in the wake of his trail. A vision sent this child, becomes a man. Blood of the past has chose his plan. Oh, I am. Oh, crazy horse, I am. Oh, I am. Crazy horse, I am. The sacrifice of others that walk within. The battlefields of death embracing him. The courage from beyond surrounds one's soul. Walking side by side through graves unknown. Oh, I am. Oh, crazy horse, I am. Oh, I am. Crazy horse, I am. That is some absolute poetry and motion from you. But what I'm most excited about is talking all things Zach, because when you got such uplifting songs as Suicide Messiah and Genocide Junkies and Funeral Bells and Stillborn and Stone and Drunk, how can you not love Crazy Zach Wild and the Black Label Society? 
Oh, and you're missing out on suffering overdue and <laughs> mass murder machine and black Sunday and bleed for me. This is stuff I love. I love the sex, drugs, and rock and roll of the eighties. Absolutely love that hair metal, whatever you want to call it. But with Zach, we are way past hair metal and I am totally in. So when you came up with this top 10 idea, I was like, oh yeah, I love Zach. Dude, Black Label is one of my favorite bands of all time, right? So it wouldn't hit my top 10, but they have amazing songs. It's going to be fun because we're going to try to span the entire career for Zach Wilde. So we're going to cover songs from Ozzy, Unbearded Zach, so to speak, and then Bearded Zach, Black Label Society, and all this is leading up to the release of the band's 11th studio album, Doom Crew Inc. is the name of the album, which comes out in November. And what was your first experience or first introduction to Zach? Was it the Ozzy No Rest for the Ricked album? Yeah, everybody's first probably introduction, right? It's 88 when that comes out, so I'm basically 19 years old. I'm into Ozzy. I'm into the obviously the music at the time. And Ozzy was part of that because he was all over MTV and he was all over Headbangers Ball. So it was the first time I heard Pinch Harmonics, really. I'm sure I had heard him before, but I didn't notice him before. Right. And uh, this was probably the first time I also noticed, I'm like, somehow the sound got thicker. And I didn't know stuff about like drop tuning and all that. I still don't really know it because I'm not a musician, right? But I didn't even know there were such things as alternate tuning. So it immediately connected with me because Ozzy kind of brings me in. You know, he's got kind of a history of having these guitar players. Uh, so Zach was going to get a hundred percent chance for me. And then no rest for the wicked ends up being my favorite Ozzy album. So I immediately become a Zach fan. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the guitar players that play with Ozzy, they end up becoming these guitar gods or guitar heroes, however you want to phrase it. And Zach, to be quite honest, I think is sort of one of the very few remaining guitar heroes left over from a period of time that really we don't see anymore. They're not really producing guitar heroes anymore. You get guitar players like blues players like the Tyler Bryants and you know guys like that that are known, but I don't think they're necessarily guitar gods or guitar heroes. And Zach is from that period of time where that was happening. You had the Eddie Van Halen's, the George Lynch's, the Nuno's, the Steve Vai's, you know, and that doesn't really happen anymore, right? Yeah, I think part of it is, we've talked about it before, the MTV effect. It was put out to mass media that these are the folks that you want to watch playing guitar. Nowadays, I'm sure there's a bunch of siloed guitar heroes that we don't know about because we don't watch them, right? And even when it comes to the blues guitarists, like Stevie Ray Vaughan is a classic guy. But he wasn't on MTV all the time, so he's probably not considered a guitar god, right? So MTV was really creating them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was an Ozzy fan, for sure. But honestly, as much as I love Jakey Lee, Bark at the Moon and The Ultimate Sin were not huge in my Ozzy discography of love. Bark at the Moon, I've said it before several times, although it produced an iconic song like Bark at the Moon, that album for me was super, super weak. Like, I liked Bark at the Moon and Rock and Roll Rebel, and that was basically the only two songs I really liked off that album. And then I know you and I differ on Ultimate Sin. You really, really hate The Ultimate Sin. I think that The Ultimate Sin was a definite better album than Bark at the Moon. But they were both okay albums. So when Jake left 
and started Badlands and Ozzy gets this new kid and it was a kid. I mean, those early pictures of Zach, he looked cool as shit with his blonde hair, but he was super, super young. So I was excited to hear No Rest for the Wicked when it came out. And I remember getting that album on the first day it came out and it did not disappoint. Like I really, really love uh, no Rest for the Wicked. I think it's a hugely underrated Aussie record. And honestly, in doing this Zach top 10, I could have almost put that entire record in my top 10 because I love that record so much. Yeah, that was my introduction to Zach Wilde. And then uh, he goes on and does all this other stuff from Pride and Glory to Black Label Society. We're going to get into all things Zach and our favorite top 10 Zach Wilde songs that span his career. But before we do all of that, you know, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, you heard me talk about it a little bit in the opener. Black Label Society has a new record coming on November 26th, and the single is out now called Set You Free, and it's from the upcoming record Doom Crew Incorporated. Check out this tune, Set You Free.
So it starts with an acoustic keyboard start, this ballad to bombastic type thing. I think Zach sounds great. Song's got a great groove. Love the vocal melody. Great solo. Love that the guitar solo is a bit longer because a lot of the times he'll do like a 15 to 20 second solo and that's it. I'm telling you, if the rest of this album sounds like this song, you got a huge winner. And dude, the video is fucking hilarious. <laughs> that, that video is something else. If you haven't seen the video for Set You Free, go out and check out that video. It has all of Zach's crazy humor in it. I mean, Zach, just from everything I've seen, Zach is just a funny dude that doesn't take himself too seriously. And this video is all of that. And you haven't heard the album yet, but I have. Uh, I got an advanced copy of the record. And if you do like Set You Free, you should enjoy the majority of the record because it really is a, a good record. Not that the Grimmest Hits was a bad record, but I enjoy just after the first few listens, this record much more. So I think people are going to enjoy this record uh, when it comes out. That's Doom Crew Incorporated. It's 11th studio album out November 26th. So Zach is already out there on tour. Get out there and support Zach and BLS on the tour. Uh, and it goes through the end of the year, you know, barring any kind of craziness that goes on with COVID or anything else. And they've got obituary and prong opening up the tour for them. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So Zach Top 10, when Stephen had this idea, he goes, all right, we're going to do a Zach Top 10. I'm like, okay, good idea. Are we just doing BLS? No, 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 all encompassing. I'm like, you realize that's like two, 300 songs, right? Because now you brought in Pride and Glory and Book of Shadows and all the Aussie stuff. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, 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 everything. So I had to post some rules myself. So what I did was I'm like, all right, no more than two off of one album, because there's two albums that black label society has and one album that Ozzy has that's near perfect to me. The problem with BLS and Ozzy for me is there's always a song or two that's like, really, this had to be on the record. Like, why did this have to be on the record? I don't have this perfect album by them, but there's three that are very close. So I, I had to be very careful because my top 10 could have been just those three albums. And then I was like, all right, no more than one Ozzy song, because a lot of what Ozzy does is similar. And I actually like Black Label Society better than I like Ozzy overall. So I just kind of self-impose that. So I do what I do. I go to Spotify. I grab every Ozzy album, every BLS album, Book of Shadows, Pride and Glory, throw them all on a playlist. And I listen to all 350 songs while I was walking around in Vegas and driving around, you know, Northern California, blah, blah, blah. And I whittled it down to about 34 that had a chance of my top 10. I like a lot more than a 34 of the songs, but uh, yeah, I kind of willed it down to 34. And, uh, you know, from there it was a tougher, I wanted to do kind of a deep track thing, but then I'm like, he doesn't really have hits anyway. And the songs are what they are that got me into it. So that I just kind of obliterated that and said, oh, what are just the top 10 for me? And that's kind of what I stuck with how did you approach it? Yeah, so very similar. I did impose some things upon myself. You know, whenever we try to do these top 10s, I always like to try to cover the career. And what I mean by that is I like to try to take songs from each part of their career, whether it's uh, one from each album, whether it's one from this period of time, one from this period of time, one from this period of time. So I tried to do that. I tried to spread the love out. 
I got down to 27 songs and I'm like you, there's a whole lot more songs that I like than just the 27, but I narrowed it down to 27 songs. And from that 27, I basically tried to spread the love around. I didn't impose only one Ozzy song. I'll just spoiler alert because Zach will tell you if it wasn't for Ozzy, he wouldn't be here today. And you know, Zach's career with Ozzy is pretty long spanning. It's not just one or two albums. He had no rest for the wicked, which was that album, but then he had a huge success in no more tears. And then he had a few albums with Ozzy much later on that probably the average fan really doesn't even know or hasn't spent any time with because to my knowledge, they didn't do very well. There's a lot of great stuff on those records, but because this is primarily about Zach Wilde, I wanted to feature mainly Black Label Society because, like I said, this is all centered around the new album coming out, and that's why I had the idea and some other exciting things, which we might talk about a little bit later on. But so that was the approach I took, and I just tried to not take too many songs from any one album, basically. If you have sensitive ears, plug them for the next 60 seconds. Stone Cold Austin. Yes, that Stone Cold Austin has some choice words for our friend Zach. Consider yourself warned. Everybody, if you don't know, you should know. My name is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we're all here to tell warm, fuzzy, bullshit stories about what a great son bitch Zach is. Oh, he's a musical genius. He writes some great lyrics. He plays a mean fiddle, as he always says. Oh, bullshit. I mean, have you seen his tour bus? It's a $2 million tour bus. Granite counters, granite floors, cherry cabinets, all the bullshit. Well, guess what, Zach? There's a fucking shower on that bus, too. When you get in that goddamn shower, it's a bar of soap. Put a little water on it and rub it all underneath your armpits, around your balls and your fucking asshole, would you, you smelly prick? Here's a tube of toothpaste. What you do is you pour some of this out on a little toothbrush and you scrub them fucking gimmicks in your, in your mouth. They're called teeth. Get all that yellow shit off of them. Your breath don't smell like a motherfucker. You understand what I'm saying? Deodorant. It's a miracle worker. You put it under your fucking armpits. You get me? You fucking Viking. Last but not least, your trusty hairbrush. This thing does a goddamn wonders if you got some fucking hair. I ain't got no fucking hair. Comb that fucking shit you call a wig. You understand me? That really just calls me. All right. So whether it's stoner metal or doom metal, share your, well, number 10, 9, and 8. I'll start with my 10, 9, and 8. So I'll say this. With Zach's albums, especially the Black Label Society records, there's a lot of textures in there. It's this, like Sonny said, stoner metal, heavy groove-laden metal. That's just because they tune a lot of the shit. Well, hell, they tune all the shit down and go from there. But he also does a great job at mixing up and putting a lot of slower paced stuff, ballad stuff, piano laden stuff. Zach is just a great musician, period. And that's the end of the story. So there's a lot of things to sift through on the Black Label Society records. I'm actually going to start at number 10 with a song from the Pride and Glory record, which was the first thing that Zach did outside of Ozzy. And Zach kept no secrets that he's a huge Southern rock fan. He loves the Allman Brothers, Skinner, that kind of stuff. And Pride and Glory was kind of 
his attempt at that, especially when you hear Zach sing for the very first time. He's like super Southern. And Zach, I think, is from New Jersey originally. So I have to think that he's sort of ad-libbing the Southern draw as it is, but he does a pretty good job at it. And the first song that I heard off that Pride and Glory record is a song called Losing My Mind. I really liked the sort of banjo intro, and it just it kicks in with the heavy guitar. I dig that song a lot, and I actually like the Pride and Glory record a lot. There's a lot of good stuff on that Pride and Glory record. My number nine comes to an almost perfect record for me. I absolutely love The Blessed Hell Ride. I think that record is killer from Black Label Society. And my number nine is a little bit slower paced song for what Black Label is. But like I was explaining earlier, they have all these different textures. But I like the melody in the title track, Blessed Hell Ride. I think the Blessed Hell Ride, it's a great song. It's acoustic for the most part. It would have probably done fine on an album like Book of Shadows or something like that. But I really liked that song. And I wanted to change it up a little bit in my top 10 and have a little bit of a different texture and not just balls to the wall all the way through. Then my number eight song is going to be a later record with Ozzy, but I can't deny Don't Want to Stop off the Black Rain record. I absolutely love that drive and just chugga, 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 chugga. It gets my blood going. Uh, I used to have it on a run mix, uh, which <laughs> you're going to hear that theme uh, more than once throughout these top 10. I've got some of these songs with Black Label Society that made really good run mixes when I used to run all the time. Uh, and Don't Want to Stop is one of those tunes off of Ozzy's Black Rain record. So that is my 10, 9, and 8. Yeah, so that Pride and Glory record, I like it. It didn't make, Losing My Mind didn't make that 34, that the cut that I had, but I like the song. Uh, Blessed Hell Ride and I Don't Want to Stop were both on that list. Uh, they didn't cut into my top 10, spoiler there, but uh, it did make my top 34. What's going to be interesting for my list is I'm going to mention workout song a couple of times, and I never worked out and still don't work out, <laughs> but I am going to mention it. For my number 10, I went with Board of Tears from Sonic Brew. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the U.S. release got delayed because there was a mixing issue, and the album cover was a Johnny Walker black label bottle that he kind of used and changed up the graphic design a little bit to match what he was trying to go after, and Johnny Walker went after him and said, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> At this point, you got Zach doing everything except for the drums, Phil on ditches on drums, and you know, Board of Tears is the first song on the debut album, and it introduces Black Label Society to the rock world. I love the chorus. I love the overall lyrics. I just wish the vocal was a bit louder, like the mix is a little weird. So the vocal in later on records get a lot more louder, and I like that. Um, and then I love that the song ends where like the record is skipping and the same parts going over and over and over. I thought that was kind of unique. Uh, but yeah, my number 10 was Bored to Tears off of Sonic Brew. My number nine, I went with the self-titled Book of Shadows album, and pulled The Things You Do. So a 1996 self-titled album. This was released by Geffen, by the way, because Pride and Glory was also signed to Geffen. At this point, we got James Lomenzo, yes, that James Lomenzo, on bass, Joe Vitale on drums. Songs, kind of that whole acoustic thing again. It's peppy musically, but the lyrics are angry. He doesn't really have peppy music, and the lyrics are peppy. Like, that doesn't really happen. Uh, still got that country vibe. 
Zach sounds great, hits a few falsetto notes to boot, guitar solo's perfect for the song, and this is the acoustic Zach that I can handle anytime. The Black Label Society piano acoustic Zach, I have to be in a mood. I cannot handle that all. And that really gets to me pretty quick if I'm not in the mood. Okay, so uh, just saying it. Uh, sorry, Zach, I know you're listening, but uh, you know that is what it is. Can you do that again for us? <laughs> like I, I just, <laughs> I can't even do it as deep as he does it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's my number nine, the things you do, Book of Shadows. My number eight is also off the Blessed Hell Ride, and I'll call it Blessed Hell Ride because that's what Zach calls it. I would say blessed, but that is what it is. Uh, Destruction Overdrive. At this point, we have Zach doing everything on the album except for Craig Noonanmacher on drums. Song gets right to it versus the whole, you know, build up mood setting thing that sometimes happens with bands, sometimes happens with Black Label Society too, but this song works that it goes kind of right out of the gate. Another perfect short guitar solo. And then what I love about the vocal melody is the scream line that's followed by a regular voice line, right? So he'll say like, through the end of time, normal, and then you'll scream through the end of time, right? Which it's unique. You just don't see a lot of people doing that. And I think what you find out if you listen to a lot of Black Label Society is because of Zach's tone in his voice, you don't think he has a great range, but he actually has a amazing amount of range. He's just not doing Freddie Mercury, Miljinko Matijevic type of screams. He's not doing Michael Sweet screams. But he's got a lot of dynamics to his voice, which I think attracts me more to Black Label Society. Because if it was Cookie Monster, I most likely do not listen to this band. So that's my 1098. What do you think? Uh, well, I would disagree with the whole, you don't hear people do the singing and then screaming. Quite often when I call out to my wife and I say something like, hey, babe, can you do this? And she doesn't answer me. Then I scream it across the house. <laughs> really? So he goes like, hey, babe, can you do this? To, hey, babe, can you do this? <laughs> it goes there? That's exactly it. That's very good, man. That's a great impression. <laughs> so, Bored to Tears. Yeah, off the first Black Label Society record. So, my history with Black Label, my entry point is actually uh, the Blessed Hell Ride. So, I didn't get into Black Label Society right out of the gate. So, I'm a little less uh, familiar with that first record, the first couple of records. Bored to Tears is a good song. I really enjoy it. I just haven't spent that much time with that first record. The Things You Do. So with The Book of Shadows, I wasn't very aware of this record really until probably maybe the last six months. And a lot of people in different forums started kind of talking about this record. And you know me, in the morning, I don't like to listen to heavy stuff. I like to listen to a lot of like acoustic coffee house stuff, kind of quieter stuff, the Eagles, things like that. So I started listening to the Book of Shadows uh, and putting these acoustic records on in the morning, just listening to them from start to finish. I really enjoy it. I like this song. I enjoy that type stuff. Uh, I'm like you. I have to be in the mood for it. But usually that mood is every morning early because I just... I can't turn it to 10 in the morning first thing. And then Destruction Overdrive off the Blessed Hell Ride. Like I said, it's almost a perfect record. This is a great song. It was on my list. Didn't make my top 10. Spoiler alert. But that was simply because I'm trying to spread some of the love. So there you go. Uh, good start to your list as well. <laughs>
go to my seven, six, five. So I'm going to start with a song that I think encompasses Zach's playing and Zach's influences all in one. And it's a song that, look, I know it's fatigue with a lot of people, but when I started listening to this song, I couldn't leave it off. And that's No More Tears. From the slide guitar at the beginning to that solo. And I'm be honest, when he goes into that solo, it's one of those solos that makes the hair stand up on my arms. It's just such an amazing solo. That song is what it is. It's an epic song. I mean, when you look at it, this is a song that was a single that literally is almost seven minutes long. And so No More Tears, title track off of No More Tears by Ozzy's very successful record. I think that song encompasses Zach's playing, and I love it. And then I'm going to go to a BLS song off the Mafia record called Fire It Up. (laughs) There's just something about this song. I like the beginning. I like the... No, I'm not doing that again for you. Zach does it much better, but I love it. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I love the driving riff. It's just a killer song fired up off of the Mafia record, Black Label Society. And then I'm going to go back to the Blessed Hell Rod record for Stoned and Drunk. I think this song is 
awesome. I love the melody. I like the change-ups in it. This song is killer. Stoned and Drunk, one of the first earlier Black Label songs that drew me to this band. That was one of the earlier songs that I remember hearing. So Stoned and Drunk off of Blessed Hell Ride, Fired Up off of Mafia, and No More Tears from Ozzy's No More Tears. Yeah, so No More Tears, like you said it, there's a little bit of fatigue there. It didn't make my top 34 list, but uh, I love the song. Don't get me wrong. It's just, uh, you know, Ozzy. I got to be in a mood for Ozzy, too, to be honest with you, because sometimes his voice grates on me a little bit. But uh, Fire It Up almost made my list. I was back and forth between Board to Tears and Fire It Up. I had made the decision several times, but stuck with Board to Tears. And then Stone and Drunk is a great song. I went a couple of different ways off that album, so it actually didn't make my top 34 but like i said there's a bunch of songs that didn't make my top 34 that i really like
my seven, six, and five. So my number seven is Concrete Jungle. So this is the first single off of Shot to Hell, 2006. At this point, we got John DeServio on bass, Craig Nugenmacher on drums. It starts with that kind of eerie vibe via the guitars. It's very kind of Ozzy feeling at the beginning. Then you get the, you know, the wah pedal, which I'm sure Zach goes through about 10 of them a show. And then you get part talk box. I love the talk box effect on the verses. Love the short solo. And then, you know, with these short solos, Zach shows that you can be a guitar god and you don't got to have three-minute Ingve solos. You can be a guitar god anyway. It doesn't matter. And if you asked him if he's a singer first or a guitarist first, he would probably tell you guitarist first because that's who he is. But it doesn't really come out in BLS a lot. He's doing all the guitar solos. Don't get me wrong there. But uh, yeah, they're definitely not like these instrumental laden albums with very few vocals. Like he just doesn't do that, which is great. My number six, Demise of Sanity. Dude, I love this song so much. Off of 2002's 1919 Eternal. This song was written for Ozzy, actually, for Down to Earth. And he rejected it because Ozzy called it Two Black Label Society. So you got Robert Trujillo on bass, Christian Wurr on drums, because they were the ones that helped do the demo of the song. And because Zach was pitching it to Ozzy, this song's a little more straight ahead rock, but has that BLS flavor. Love the pre-chorus. And then love the call and answer two-part vocals that are in the song. I think it was set up for him and Ozzy to do on the album as a two-part vocal, which have been awesome. Um, the start and stop during the chorus is really cool, too. And my number five, Godspeed Hellbound, off of 2010's Order of the Black, another album that's almost perfect for me. At this point, you got John DeServio on bass and Will Hunt, Evanescence, on drums. Guitar riff plus the driving drums is just wow here. You get that chuggy, gritty riff in the verses. The music just makes me want to punch random people, including Steven. <laughs> These are the kind of riffs, and it happens several times in BLS records, where they're almost cult-like. It makes you kind of like bob your head, pump your fist. It comes off great live. There's this breakdown after the second chorus where the drums are thumping, and then you immediately get back to the normal with a guitar solo. Definitely a workout playlist type song, and the end is perfect too. So that's my seven, six, and five. And man, like some of these songs, like Demise of Sanity and Godspeed Hellbound, they're two of my favorite BLS songs, and they didn't crack the top four. That's how much I love BLS. Wow. That's a great list. Godspeed Hellbound almost made my list for sure. Concrete Jungle. This was definitely a song that I wasn't that familiar with before we started doing this. But when I started going through all the BLS records, that song actually made my top 27 list. Didn't make my top list, but made my top 27 list. Demise of Sandy is a great tune. And then Godspeed Hellbound. What can you say about it? At any rate, these songs are, uh, like you said, pump your fist, want to punch something. My next set of three songs, not that there's a whole lot of BLS stuff that doesn't make you feel that way, but uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm going to josh you up like a sumo wrestler and get you in a pit uh, when we get on that uh, Monsters of Rock ship. We'll play some BLS and just go at it. It'll be fun. I've actually done that once <laughs> in a ring with Tony. <laughs> We came at each other and I knocked him out of the ring. Are you, were you wearing those stupid uh, sumo bouncy suits? Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, those are tough because when you fall down, it's impossible to get up. I'll tell you what, that would be a great idea for a Mork cruise if they had that out in the atrium thing there. That would be something fun to do. You could have rockers against cruisers or something. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs>
got a rock and roll story to tell and we want to hear yours so go to our website at growinguprock.com that's one word g r o w i n u p r o c k.com or visit us on our facebook page at growing up rock and tell us all about it so now it's time for us just to take a little break you've been listening to us share our zach top 10 and one of the reasons that this episode came about is because one like we said, Black Label Society, who Sonny and I both appreciate quite a bit, are getting ready to release their 11th studio album, Doom Crew Inc., in November. But also, both Sonny and I are huge Zach fans. And I was lucky enough 
to be invited to do an interview with Zach Wild. And so I thought, what better partnership than to do this interview with Zach Wild and at the same time release this Zach top 10 that Sonny and I did together. So great conversation with Zach. He's just a fun dude. Hopefully you guys will go check out that episode as soon as you hear this episode, because like I said, we're going to release those episodes real close to each other. And it's a great interview. If you're a Zach Wild fan, if you're a Black Label Society fan, hell, if you're an Aussie fan, then you'll probably dig this interview. So Definitely go out there and check it out. You can also find more information at the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. We ask that you come there and join the group, like our Facebook page. It's just a great way to communicate with us and stay up on all things Growing Up Rock. That's it. Let's get back to our Zach Top 10. time for me to go through my four, three, and two. And so, like I said earlier, talk about fist pumping, break some stuff kind of songs. I'm going to start out with Suicide Messiah from Black Label Society's Mafia record. It's the second one on my list that's off this Mafia record, and I couldn't deny it. It was one of the earlier Black Label songs for me, and I just absolutely love it. I love the breakdown, and I like when it kind of comes into the slower breakdown in the middle. Uh, It's just a great song. I go from there to a song that was definitely on what Sonny calls his workout mix, but it was definitely on my run mix, which is off the order of the black record. And that's crazy horse from black label society, man. That song gets my blood pumping. I was slow, but let me tell you that song makes me feel like I'm running fast. So I absolutely love crazy horse. And then I go from crazy horse to probably one of my all time favorite black label society records. And that is stillborn off the blessed hell rod record. That song is so killer. I just love it. I got it that Ozzy's part of that song, but really it's a black label society song. And I dig that song a lot. So stillborn from blessed hell rod is my number two.
Yeah, all three of those songs made that top 34 Spotify playlist that I had. They all had a shot. And to remind listeners, we actually did not share our top 10. And the reason I tell you that is because my number four is Suicide Messiah. <laughs> so first single, you got Lomenzo on bass, you got Nunamaker on drums. And, you know, like you said, this is more of a plodding riff to me, right? It's kind of got that really cool groove. Uh, but it does get your heart pumping a little bit. I love the vocal melody on this song. And one thing you got to know about BLS is it's a turnstile of musicians. He goes to a select few. It's not like it's like 50 different musicians. But Zach likes recording when he likes recording. And if people are available, great. If he's got to play bass, great. If he's got a bass player available, great. He's not one of those guys, well, the guys that I'm recording with absolutely have to tour with me, blah, blah, blah. Because you don't really know if he's going to go do Zach Sabbath next. You don't know if he's got an Ozzy tour coming up. Like he's in so many things that he does it when he feels like doing it. And if somebody's available, great. And that's just kind of how he goes. My number three was my only Ozzy song that I picked, Bloodbath in Paradise off of No Rest for the Wicked. You get 21-year-old Zach introduced to the world. You got Bob Daisley on bass, Castillo on drums, John Sinclair on keyboards. You got the eerie start. You got a woman moaning. I mean, how can you hate that? You got the musical interlude. Then you get this main riff that just absolutely blows you away. This was the first album I ever noticed the pinch harmonics on. You know, the lyrics are about Charles Manson. They're written well. Randy does a great job of like thundering drums. It's mixed really well. And that's why I love the album so much. And then my number two, man, when I saw this live at the Concord Pavilion, me and Tone looking at each other as their five to 10,000 bikers, all with leather jackets on, pumping their fists and then beer in one hand. And we thought we were going to get killed as Funeral Bell plays on stage. Unbelievable song off of 2003's Blessed Hell Ride. If you've never heard it, Zach is doing everything on it, but the drums cult like head bobbing type of song, great vocal melody. It's one of those songs that I scream at the top of my lungs, trying to sing what Zach is doing in the car every single time. And then there's this little earworm noodling before each chorus that Zach does just absolutely perfectly. It had a chance to be my number one, but in 2010, there was an album came that made my number one. So funeral bell landed at number two. What do you think about my four, three and two? 
So here's what I heard all out of that. I heard something about Bloodbath and Paradise being about Manson and then Funeral Bell being cult-like. So I'm pretty sure that Sonny's joining a cult. I'm just saying that's what I took away from most of that. <laughs> Suicide Messiah, like you said, it's on my list. So it's a great song. It's interesting because it landed in the same place for both of us. And like you said, we didn't share any of that stuff. Bloodbath and Paradise is an interesting song because when... No Rest for the Wicked first came out. This was one of the songs on the album that for whatever reason, I remember not connecting with or not loving that much. Now, when I go back and listen to that album, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't love that song. I love it. Uh, yeah, that song's great. That riff, uh, once you get past the intro and everything, that riff is killer. I love Bloodbath and Paradise. And, and it's about Crazy Charlie. Who doesn't like that? That's just fun topic. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go from there to Funeral Bell. And I left Funeral Bell off my list a hundred percent because I knew it was going to be on your list. I knew how much you love this song. And so I left it off my list for that very reason. That's a killer song. Love funeral bell. Uh, it was definitely in my top 27 songs, but great list. No messing around from me. Well, when I first met Ozzy, you know, he just goes, Zachy, just play with your heart. I know you can do it. Just play with your heart. I said, okay. Ozzie. And he goes, and then make me a ham sandwich and go light on the mustard because it was Coleman's mustard and you know how powerful that stuff is it's power and he would just go light on the Coleman's so I don't want it to overpower the sandwich I said yes us and he said look at me I said okay and he just poked me right in the eye so I was like what what was that for he just goes because life's tough now go make me my ham sandwich and go light on the mustard it would just be riffs you know like as I'd play Miracle Man you know, and Oz was like, "What's Zaggy? What's that?" And I was just like, "God, ah, just to riff on, you know." And then the da 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 He was just like, "I'll sing over that part." He was just keep playing that. I'll sing over that. That's how it would go about. I mean, if Oz heard a riff that he liked, he was like, "I'll oh, just keep doing that one." You know, I mean, in between the comedy and everything like that, it was a, a miracle we were able to write any songs, considering everybody's always on the floor crying, laughing. You know what I mean? So. uh but no, that's, that's pretty much how the songs would always come about. So now it's time for our number ones, right? That's right. I'm wondering, I don't think we have the same number one, because I don't think you have the same love for the record that I have my number one off of. So I know we don't have the same number one because you already shared uh, that you had one Ozzy song on your list, and you already gave that in the last one at Bloodbath in Paradise. But I cannot deny that my absolute favorite Zach song, probably one of my favorite Ozzy songs overall, it's one of my ringtones on my phone, is that damn riff to Miracle Man. I love Miracle Man. I love the solo. I love that it's the very first thing that I ever heard from Zach. It's just killer. So good. I was drawn in. Much like when fans heard Bark at the Moon being the first Jakey Lee that they ever heard and they were drawn in and then severely let down by the rest of the record. It wasn't that way for me and no rest for the wicked. Miracle Man sucked me in. I was in on this new 18 or 19-year-old guitar player and the rest of the record did not disappoint. I love Miracle Man and that is my number one. <laughs> Ha 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 
I struggled with my number three. It had a shot to be Bloodbath. It had a shot to be Devil's Daughter. And it had a shot to be Miracle Man. It was going to be something off of Wicked. There was no doubt about that. I listened to all three. Then I listened to them again. Then I listened to them again. Then I listened to them again. Because all three are great songs. My number one, guys, everything that I love about Black Label. Love the riff, the pace, the chuggy style guitar, the pace change before the solo, the solo's melodic, then you get Bumblebee, then you get melodic again, should be on every workout list. It's everything I love about Black Label Society rolled into one song, and that's Parade of the Dead off of Order of the Black. Dude, that song, I, I just got goosebumps telling you. <laughs> it, it makes me want to just like trash my entire room. Like there is something about that song that just gets me off, and I don't know what it is. I remember seeing it live. I'm going, oh my God, This I think this is going to be my favorite BLS song of all time because it is so great. You guys out there that are listening to this show, you guys have not lived until you come down the hallway on a Monsters of Rock cruise and open up a door and see Sonny standing in his tidy whities with a trashed room. You guys haven't seen it. And Parade <laughs> of the Dead just blaring in the background. That's rock and roll. You guys talk about rock and roll being Keith Moon throwing a TV out of a seventh balcony uh, window at a hotel. No, rock and roll is Sonny Honeywood Pooney standing in his tidy whities uh, with a beer bottle of Johnny Walker uh, hoisted over his head and Parade of the Dead playing in the background. It's poetry in motion, man. <laughs> I don't know how you get a beer bottle of Johnny Walker. See, I don't pour Johnny Walker into a beer bottle, unlike you pouring wine into a water bottle. I've done that before. Many times I've done that. It's just easy transportation. I don't need to explain that. And when I'm done with it, I can just toss it. So, yes, I've done that. And it was more than $3 wine. Anyway... <laughs> 
<laughs> we digress. So yeah, a great list. And in fact, it's funny because Parade of the Dead and Crazy Horse on my list, both from the order of the black record, they switched back and forth on my playlist when I was making workout or running playlist. Those songs switched in and out. I would take either Parade of the Dead or Crazy Horse and throw them on the playlist because they're kind of interchangeable to me in terms of the feel and just, I love them both.
one thing that was really interesting to me when we were putting these playlists together, I don't think I realized it at the time, but Catacombs of the Black Vatican, listen, it's a good record and there's a lot of stuff on it that I like, but for whatever reason, none of the songs off of Catacombs of the Black Vatican made my top 27. I'm not really sure why. I mean, like I said, there's stuff I go back and I listen to that, but I thought that I held that record in a little bit higher regards than I actually do. And Grimmest Hits for me was uh, hit or miss. There's some stuff on Grimmest Hits that I like, but other stuff I didn't connect with quite as much. I mean, for me, Order of the Black, Mafia, even 1919 Eternal, and Blessed Hell Ride, those are my favorite by far Black Label Society records. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Those first few records, there's a few songs I go back to. Then those four or five that are in the middle is where I go to a lot. And by the time Catacombs comes out, I think I was looking for another Order of the Black, and that's not what it was. And I think I was disappointed by that. It's just a different BLS. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just that uh, it's not something I go back to often. Right. All right. So, you know, we love connecting this stuff to Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So Zach and Kiss, they don't really have a lot of history together because really Ozzy and Kiss don't have a ton of history together. But for the historic moment, we're going to go with the Black Veil Brides. So it's like, why the hell are you going with the Black Veil Brides? Well, they released an EP that was released exclusively through iTunes on December 13, 2011. The EP had three new tracks. One was an original song by Black Veil called Coffin, which was left over from their Set the World on Fire 2011 release. The other two songs were covers. One was Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, which is great. And the other was a Kiss tune. So here is Andy Bierzak on lead vocals, Ashley Purdy on bass, Jake Pitts on lead guitar, Jinx on guitar, and Zach doing the guitar solo for Kiss's Unholy. Worship 
good thing Zach did the guitar solo because you know somebody named Jinx can't play no guitar solos. <laughs> oh, come on. Jake would have done it anyway. <laughs> Jinx is too busy playing the violin. That's why. <laughs> Blackmail Brides. We've had discussions about this band in the past. I don't know. It's just they don't connect with me. Uh, this cover's fine. I don't have a problem with this cover. I get what the band is trying to be and what they're trying to look like, but the music, uh, if I strip away all the pretty boy stuff and all the goth stuff and just, you know, listen to the music, it's, you know, just doesn't connect with me for whatever reason. Obviously, Unholy, I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, Kiss tunes, killer songs. So Zach's guitar solo, always a good thing. Zach's done some guitar solos on different things that I absolutely love the song. And in fact, one of the songs that made my top 27 was Porn Star Dancing by the band My Darkest Days. I love that song. The rest of the record to me is very meh, but Porn Star Dancing by My Darkest Days, and we played it before on the podcast because I like it so much. I just love the tune. If you're not up fucking shaking it to that song, come on, man. That's a fun tune. Yeah, Zach can make a living just doing guest star appearances, right? So if there was a hip-hop group out there or a pop group out there that wanted to kind of feel a little more metal, there you go. If Lady Gaga wanted something, right? There you go, right? So it works. It's just like, you know, uh, Jeff Scott Soto kind of doing the same thing. Obviously, Zach is doing better than Jeff is because Jeff is a little less known, but it's the same thing. I think there's guys out there that, or gals out there that are putting music together like, I don't think I can pull off this solo. Can we get Zach? Is there any way to get Zach? So <laughs> we talk about like the Black Label Society and the Pride and Glory and the Aussie stuff, but Zach also goes out on tour and does that Generation Axe thing with Nuno and Steve Vai and Ingve and uh, a lot of those guys. And then he does the Jimi Hendrix experience every so often as well. So, like you said, Zach's a busy guy. He could definitely, even if he wasn't doing. Ozzy, he could definitely stay busy doing his own thing. And now, as you'll see, he, he has a lot going on with his guitar line and he's starting to venture off into amps and things like that. So he's kind of getting into Eddie Van Halen territory with the guitars and the amps. And uh, they said they're going to eventually make strings and everything else that has to do with guitars soon. So, yeah, it's interesting because there's even Zach fans, Black Label Society fans will tell you. The pinch harmonics, sometimes he overdoes it. Uh, to me, they're earworms. I can handle it. Dude, I heard a version of, I think it was Bark at the Moon on one of the award shows where Zach was going nuts with the pinch harmonics and the melody and the guitar melody. And it sounded great to me. You know, so I, I take it as an earworm. I think to some folks, he gets annoying with it. There's a couple of albums where he doesn't hardly do it at all. Uh, I think just to be different, maybe. I would say this, Eddie Van Halen, known for tapping is very identifiable. That's his signature. That's his thumbprint on the stuff that he created over the years. There are some guitar players that are very identifiable by their signature, whatever that signature may be. And to me, this is this Zach Wilde's signature. You know it's him if you hear those pinch harmonics. It's not that nobody can do a pinch harmonic. People can do it. Just like people can tap, but there's something about the pinch harmonics that Zach does that is very Zach. 
Uh, and maybe it's the doubling. You'll hear him say, you know, a pinch harmonic is great, but when you double it, that's when it really brings it to life. To me, it's just his signature. That's all. Yeah. And live, it's not like it pierces through the mix. It's just part of everything that's going on. But yeah, I've never had a problem with it. You know, in the end, I love Black Label Society. I love Zach. I think he's a hilarious dude. Dude, some of the videos are just borderline ridiculous. So to swim in his head for a while, better bring a lunch and, well, maybe a straitjacket too. Uh, but guy's nuts. I'm glad he got a chance with Ozzy. Who knows if we hear from him if there's no Ozzy? Who knows if we know who he is? Who knows if we give him a chance if he's not with Ozzy, right? I've seen him live several times. I don't know if I'd ever go see Ozzy live again. Unless it was with Zach, I'd go see Black Label Society anytime they're not playing with obituary and prong. <laughs> Dude, can you go out with In This Moment or Butcher Babies or one of those bands like you had before? That's that's a lot more doable for me. <laughs> Obituary's not your jam? No, obituary's <laughs> not my jam, no. I can take prong, but obituary's not my jam personally, but that's just me. That's just my flavor. It's okay. But yeah, I'm with you. I enjoy the majority of stuff that Zach does. He's a fun dude. All the interviews I watch, he's just uh, super entertaining. I enjoyed his book. If you haven't read that book and you're looking for a good read, I would suggest you go out and get that book. What is it called? Delivering Heavy Metal to the Children or something? That? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Something like that. The utter disregard for research by these hosts especially regarding a band and human that they supposedly really like, is mind-boggling. The actual title of Zach's book is Bringing Metal to the Children, The Complete Berserker's Guide to World Tour Domination. It was released in 2013 and contains some incredible stories. It's just an entertaining book. I mean, if you've ever watched any of the commercials or infomercials that Zach does for uh, like the latest one he did for that Black Label Society box set, it's just, it's nuts. It's hilarious uh, and just makes me smile. So uh, he's obviously a guy that has a great sense of humor, doesn't take himself too seriously, but he is a serious musician and I respect that. So Sonny and I are both big fans. I'm glad that... We did this episode, and I hope, once again, I'll state that this episode is in conjunction with the new Black Label Society album coming out in November, but also in conjunction with the opportunity and interview that I had a chance to do with Zach and talk about all things Zach Wilde, because, like I said, there's a wide variety of stuff, and it's just an entertaining interview. I encourage you to go check out that episode, which would have released somewhere in the same time frame as this episode episode that you're listening to on the Grown Up Rock podcast. Yeah, and you said it. He doesn't take himself too seriously. I'll tell you what I love about Zach is humble. You know, yes, I like the Michael Irvins, the Deion Sanders, the Randy Mosses of the world, but there's something about the Jerry Rices of the world that don't say too much, but know they can do it. That just kind of attracts me a little bit more. And, you know, even in that whole <laughs> the album box set thing, I'm watching it and I'm like, is he trying to sell the box set or is he trying to tell me I'm stupid for watching this thing right now? Like you couldn't tell the difference. Right. And so he's not out there like trying to me, always me, always me, always me kind of thing. He's out there trying to make you laugh and it's very endearing and it's just that personality. I love it. Yeah. I would say that when you really want to know about a person's foundation, uh, especially as it deals with these rock stars and stuff, 
I think one place that you can always look is look at the really the foundation, right? Zach Wild is a lot like somebody like a Dave Grohl that, you know, because you hear a lot of good things about Dave Grohl. They're sort of normal guys. They're very grounded. They're very nice individuals when obviously if they wanted to be jerks, they could. They got plenty of money, especially Dave Grohl. But he's been married to the same woman for ages and ages. They seem to have a very good marriage. Zach is the same way. He's been married to Barbara Ann for many, many years. They seem to have a great family life, a great family foundation. These are things that ground these people, I think, you know, and even though they're guitar heroes, guitar gods, rock stars, whatever label you want to put on them, the humor and that foundation, I think, says a lot about a person. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you're a Black Label Society fan. And if you're not, go check out some of the songs we talked about because they're definitely worth a listen. Yep. Until next week, like we said, go out, check out that interview with Zach Wild. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to all of you next week. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 